Hey weirdos, wanderers, outsiders, and such. Welcome to another edition of Wander. I'm Andrew Wilcox. Uh, I'm really excited for this podcast. It was a good conversation. It was a great conversation with Rari uh, from uh, One Year No Beer, a movement he co-founded a few years ago that just continues to grow and stretches out into uh, different ideas and aspects. And we'll get to that in just a few minutes. But man, I recorded this before the world totally changed. We're living in a different time now. One that we've never experienced during the digital age, during the global time. We are having to act as one world to stop a disease from killing a lot of people. That's crazy to say. That sounds like the plot of a movie, doesn't it? Doesn't sound like it would ever be real life. But that's where we are now. I'm in my home, as I would probably be on a Wednesday night, but for some reason, because I have to be here, I don't want to. I want to get out there. I want to wander. I want to just go for a walk, and maybe I will. I don't know. Maybe after this I will, because I can still technically do that. Uh, That is okay. That is uh, fine with the rules that have been laid out, but... um, Yeah, it's just a different world now than it was when I recorded this podcast. Um, And I don't know how to feel about all of it. I am, in one sense, incredibly proud of our world and how it's managed to come together and understand what we're into now. Even if some of us feel like it might be overreaction, we are... It, it seems to be most people are, are, are fairly well complying with the ideas that have been put forward. Um, I, yeah, but it's just, it, it's hard to wrap the noodle around it. You know, it's hard, you know, to, to really understand this idea. Maybe it shouldn't be. Maybe the idea of us acting as a country, as a province as North America, as a world, shouldn't be such a wild idea. In fact, a lot of things I like aren't thinking so small, but all are thinking so large and so globally. You know, I do think that we need uh, to think globally more often because uh, my belief is that we no longer have the comfort of ignorance you know, a um, hundred years ago, uh, you could understand, even though you didn't accept some people's ignorance, you could say, well, they, you know, they come from a small town, which I never liked as an excuse because I came from a small town and you can still have a progressive, thoughtful view from a small town. Absolutely, you can. Um, but you used to be able to allow people the comfort of ignorance. Oh, they're older, you know, you know, blah, 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 blah. You know, like that doesn't fly anymore. We have had 20 years of solid internet and tons and tons and tons of um, 
footage, video, evidence, interactions with people from other places and, and, and an understanding that we are all one people. We are all the same on the inside. Um, we might look a little bit different on the outside, but generally our values and, and core is the same as well. We care about each other. We care about our families. We care about our relationship with the universe and what might be out there and our understanding and seeking understanding of everything else. Um, ignorance is no longer an option. If you choose ignorance now, you have you have gone out of your way to be ignorant, whether it was some weird safety mechanism in your brain based on how you were raised or you have literally made some strange choice to be ignorant. You've gone out of your way to be ignorant now because we have all the information for the most part, at least the important information that I mentioned earlier, that we are all one people and that we have to work together because in the end, we are all on the same small little ball wandering through the universe. Um, when I named this podcast, it was about that wander as well. It was about, you know, a wander through the trees allowing your mind to wander, but literal the wander into the future that we are taking, that we don't have a roadmap for as much as we are all trying to create one. This whole thing, this last week, shows us how quickly that entire roadmap can change. Literally, it, this, is, this is like a, a table flip on the board game of life that has happened. And we all are just figuring out how to react and learn from it. I don't know. I don't know if anything I've said is really has a point or that I'm trying to, to, to say something to you or whatever. I really, I, once again, podcast, it's called wander for a reason. It's not about having the answers. It's about having the conversations and thinking about that future and how it can be different. And I always like to make sure that our future contains uh, a great connection to the earth and to the planet. And that's kind of the balance of future and nature that I want to keep, even though I know that our future is so wrapped in technology. Um, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry if I'm a little bit rambly today. Um, but it's just been a weird week and I think you understand that we are once again, all in this together. We are all a part of this. We are all on the same small little ball rolling through the universe. Um, yeah, so I'm pretty sure any podcast in the future for the next little while is definitely going to have a bit of conversation about the experience of this virus, not named after a beer, but really that's all I can think about every time I say it, at least when I say the coronavirus, coronavirus, you think of the beer. But anyway, uh, a little bit more on this episode, weirdly personal, and it gets weirdly personal and almost to the point where I think I sound a little self-indulgent, um, probably doing this too, is what it is. 
if you're here, thank you for being here. If you're still here, thank you for being here. I should have put a warning at the front of the podcast saying, like, just skip 10 minutes ahead if you don't want to hear me ramble and just listen to the podcast because it is totally worth it. I hope I hope you didn't turn it off 30 seconds into my ramble going, oh, well, he's off his rocker today. We're not going to listen to this because the podcast is totally worth it. Um even in my self-indulgence in there, even in a couple of points where I think I might be um, a little bit too judgmental, which I feel guilty about later on in the actual podcast, man, because that's never the point. Um, the point of one year no beer is to, to look at life in a different way, which is something I can experience. Uh, I don't drink and I haven't drank since I was, uh, since I was 18 years old which is more than uh, 20 years ago. Um, but there's a lot of things that uh, he says that uh, I wish I would have had the conversation before I stopped drinking. I, I never enjoyed drinking. I never have been super hammered. It's never been a problem in my life. It's never been really even a big part of my life. Um, but... Uh, it's a lot of it's a big part of a lot of people's lives, and as we go into isolation, into this social distancing, self isolation, um, I feel like some people, maybe not a ton, are gonna uh, turn to alcohol as a companion on this, and maybe one of those people will give this podcast a listen and try something different. Try going for walks uh, instead of using the drink for comfort. And maybe it'll help him out. I don't know. I think it's a super cool program that this guy has. I reached out to them, sent them a bunch of emails to have this conversation with them because I was following them on Facebook and they had so many really, really great um, success story uh, pictures and videos and such. And I found it to be uh, really ex in inspiring. I found I thought, you know what? This isn't like a lot of those side-by-side uh, -side fitness pictures that you see where you're like, ah, it seems a little unrealistic. It just seems like these people have, have a little bit wider, a little bit more genuine smile on their face in the pictures after not drinking for however long they've stopped drinking because it's as he'll explain it's not just about one year no beer you can choose how long you do it you can choose how you do it you can choose even if if alcohol is the thing that you stop or you stop something else but anyway it's a super neat program uh thank you for indulging me on this 10 minute ramble that i've gone through hopefully you enjoyed listening to it um please know that if you want to have a conversation, if you want to reach out, you can reach out to me anytime. I love having conversations with new people. Um, yeah. But before that, here you go. Here's 30 minutes of me talking about one year, no beer. It's The Wander with Andrew Wilcox Podcast. Welcome to Wander with Andrew Wilcox. Um, one year no beer challenge is not really one year and it's not no beer. So um, just some small uh, identity issues, <laughs> but um, really um, born out of my own personal experience um, of being a social drinker. 
mm-hmm. um, and not really realizing that alcohol was was a problem in my life at all. It wasn't even on my radar. Uh, when I took a break from alcohol, I was absolutely blown away with the areas of my life that improved. Fitter, faster, healthier, happier, better dad, better husband. Uh, I was more successful in my business, was more productive. A decade of IBS disappeared, psoriasis disappeared. I mean, it was unbelievable, the transformation. Um, And so now I realized that it doesn't matter how many times you would have said to me, why don't you stop drinking or you should stop drinking, I would never have listened to you. Uh, because I was like, well, why? I don't need to. I, I don't have a problem with drinking. Um, and the only way somebody is going to realize the impact that alcohol is having on their life, which I guarantee you is huge, is by taking a break from it. And for most people, it's 40 to 60 days. Mm-hmm. So that's where we came up with creating a challenge. And we called it One Year No Beer mm-hmm. because um, when, we, when, we were, when we were going through our own journey um, and we said, oh, we're not drinking, people went, what's wrong with you? Didn't realize you had a problem. And they had all these assumptions. And so we sort of wanted this phrase. We, d- we wanted to get rid of the peer pressure of, come on, just have one. You know, it's just a drink. Just join me. So we were like, no, no, no. I'm doing the one year no beer challenge. Like, you know, a bit like a smack in the face. Um, and then later we came out with a 28 day challenge and a 90 day challenge um, and lots of support and things like that. But yes, so in front, in answer to your question specifically, because I'm not good at answering <laughs> people's questions specifically, um, uh, I don't like being told what to do, but um, is that we created a, um, a, a challenge to help people change their relationship with alcohol. And that means pressing the reset button on your relationship. So if you're drinking uh, 10 drinks a week, um, that you will likely go down to one or none after the challenge. Um, and you will consciously choose that because you've, you've, you've seen the other side and like, oh my God, like why was I ever doing that before? So that's what we're up to. And how do you guys, um, what, what is the type of person that usually would come to the challenge? What do you find to be the, the, the person that comes to this challenge most often? Uh, with 35 to 45 year old, um, married, <laughs> well, uh, male, female, 50, 50 split, um, hardworking, um, you know, ABC one is tends to be the stereotypical, um, mm. uh, person who comes and signs up to our challenge. But I mean, we've got thousands of 21 year olds and, um, we've got thousands and thousands of 50, 60, 70 year olds. So, um, you know, it, that's, what's amazing. The majority of the people fit into that, that space, but we've helped people all over the world. It's now 80,000 members in 90 countries. And what seems to be people's biggest reason for coming towards the challenge? Uh, well, we've recently been done by trying to understand um, uh, exactly that. And the vast majority of people are looking for control. Um, so they, they're, they're looking to put alcohol into a better place. Um, I think most people don't realize that alcohol is a problem. Um, and that as we get better at helping educate people, really, um, it'll be about, look, I, I'm, I'm trying to fix my anxiety. Um, and I'm tr- taking this anxiety medication, and yeah, I'm still drinking alcohol. That is absolutely insane, because alcohol creates anxiety. Um, and um, we've got so many people who've said, you know, decades of struggling with anxiety and it's disappeared. Uh, not just that, you know, um, we've now on our fifth OYMB baby. Uh, so our first OYMB baby was Mark Darby, five rounds of IVF, told he would never get pregnant naturally uh, because he had too low a swim count. Wow. 
and um, you know, 100 days into our challenge and they're pregnant. Uh, depression, um, PTSD, um, ultimately people coming in searching for a solution to a health issue and then we can educate them that alcohol is probably the thing that's either causing it or making it a lot worse. And the crazy part of that, I think, is that most people think alcohol is the solution. I know. <laughs> that is the medication that well, they're taking, right? that's what we've been right? marketed to believe. That's, mm-hmm. what we've been, that's what we've been socially conditioned to believe. And that's the matrix. That is, the, it is the matrix. And I know, I know, unequivocally, absolutely guarantee every single person listening there um, that if you do the 90-day challenge, your relationship with alcohol will be transformed because you'll see it for 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 what it is, um, and I also think that you know there's a, uh, some people who have come and they say, well, you know, I I I got pregnant and I stopped drinking for nine months. I know what it's like. I didn't really feel that much better. I'm here to tell you <laughs> that a large percentage of your pregnancy glow was yeah. you not drinking. I'm also here to tell you that not drinking when you're pregnant, when society expects you not to drink, when all the peer pressure is for you to not drink you haven't actually changed your relationship with it because 95% of our drinking is just psychology. It is, I get to the end of the day and I've, I've learned through decades, decades of having fun. Maybe I went to college and learned how to drink fast. Maybe I went to the military and I, and I discovered chugging. Maybe I was in American football or rugby and I was shown uh, what a relationship with alcohol is. But I started to understand this relationship with alcohol, and I started to associate it with things like fun. Then I started to associate it with success. Then in my, in my 30s, I started to, ex- uh, um, to associate it with stress relief. And this is the relationship mm-hmm. with alcohol that we've now pull, pulled all those plugs together. But actually, it's all a freaking lie. Yeah. And you don't discover that until afterwards. You don't discover that until after you've changed the neural pathways in your brain. I think it's. I think it might be interesting to you for me to relate my personal experience. Yeah. Uh, so, I was never much of a drinker. Um, on my 18th birthday, because that's what you do. I got super hammered. Uh, had a not a great experience. Uh, puked in a ditch. Uh, you know, that, that type of thing. Uh, asked my friends to just leave me there because I, it felt pretty good in the ditch. Um, yeah, absolutely. You know, that type of idea. Next morning, buddy calls me up. He says, dude, we're going out. You ready to go again? I said, man, I'm never doing this again. Yep. I'm never doing this again. He goes, BS, everybody says that. I said, no, I'm never doing it again, seriously. So I said to myself, I'm not going to drink for a year. Just out of, Just picked it out of nowhere. I'm like, I'm not going to drink for a year. And that was, I hate to say it, 20 years ago now. I haven't had a single drop of alcohol in that time. And so I, I think I come to what you're speaking about from a different perspective. I've been drunk three times in my life. And it's tough. Your 20s are the toughest because people... The peer pressure that you speak of is immense. It's, it's, it's immense. You are expected to be, in order to participate in social activity, you're expected to get drunk in your 20s. And, yeah. it's, and then as you, as you just if said. If you're not, you're a fucking weirdo. Exactly. Exactly. That's exactly <laughs> what it is. And people, there is people that have told me, and I'm sure you've experienced this too, 
that they're not comfortable around me at a party sober because they feel like I'm a narc, like I'm a cop that's there, like I'm taking notes and that's the only reason I'm at the party. Yeah, exactly. I'm watching, I'm watching everybody here. I've, I've got, you know, like I'm, I should have my phone out making video clips. Take lines. That's what they think is going on when sober people are in the party. So the question for, for you then is, um, how do the people who take your program, how do they overcome that pr pressure? How do you help them overcome that pressure? Because that's definitely there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so part of it is in the story. Part of it is in the execution of how you tell people. I think, um, so, I think as a society, we're having a shift. Um, so more and more people are choosing not to drink. Um, and that is making it a lot easier mm -hmm. than what it was um, previously. Um, pardon me. Um, one of the things I like to, I think there's a whole plethora of things. So for instance, before you go to a social engagement where you know there's going to be drinking, get the ringleader on side. There's always a ringleader. Um, call them up in advance. Tell them that you're not drinking. Explain to them your situation. Get them to buy into it and you reduce the pressure of the moment. Um, know what you're going to go and drink. Arrive with alcohol-free beers. Yeah. If it's a uh, so I'm, uh, I was a broker. I'm not anymore, obviously, but I was a broker. And if I didn't drink, I didn't get the business. It's that simple. Um, and so I would have to stealth drink. So I would go to the, the, the restaurant before. I'd tip the barman or the manager. I'd make sure that they, whatever they served me was alcohol-free. So I'd be drinking alcohol-free beers. I would get a water shot if other people were doing shots, et cetera, et cetera, mm -hmm. et cetera. So nobody, nobody would know. Um, so there's stealth drinking. Um, there is, you know, if somebody buys you a drink, you just take a sip of it so that they see you doing it. Then you go off to the toilet, pour it away, go to the bar, get yourself your own alcohol-free beer. You know, and alcohol-free beers in a pint glass just look like beer. And the other thing about all of these psychologically for other people is that actually you could be standing with an alcohol-free beer. And although they get awareness, they might get awareness to begin with. Are you drinking alcohol-free beer? Subconsciously, they forget about the awareness. So later, round one or round two or round three, they just see you with a bottle in your hand mm -hmm. and it doesn't trigger them. Um, and so you find all these, th these little tools that go to your advantage. But the fact that we're having this conversation is ridiculous. <laughs> well, it is. It's a drug. Yeah. And why do I need to be like you? And no, I'm not the fucking weirdo. You are <laughs> telling me that I'm a weirdo for not wanting to pour a drug down my throat just to feel socially normal. Yeah. Uh, are you kidding me? Not to hey, poison, poison, my spell, poison myself for hundreds of dollars every yeah. night. Yeah. Why am I the crazy person? I wish I yeah. had those tricks before. I used to just grab, I used to, when, as soon as I went into a bar in my early 20s, I would just grab an empty bottle off a table. Yeah. And just walk around and hold with that. it. And just hold it. <laughs> yeah. Wouldn't drink yeah. from it. I would just hold it for the night. And it wasn't until my late 20s that I just stopped caring and would yeah. have a conversation with people. Uh, yeah. But one of the people that would always worry me was the people that would ask me legitimately and honestly, how do you live? Mm. That was always what scared me. They would ask me like, <laughs> how do you live? You don't, uh, well, the first question was, oh, you don't drink. Oh, well, what drugs do you do? Well, I don't do any drugs. Uh, oh, well, then how do you live? <laughs> and that's, I mean, I think that says more, more about them than it says about me. Yeah. Um, but how does... How does your, uh, how does one year no beer work with people with, with addictions? Um, well, we're really in prevention. Yeah. Um, so we are, we are at the front end, lifestyle drinkers, 
anyone drinking more than three glasses of wine a week to the slightly heavier uh, or to the heavier drinkers is, is who we help it with. Um, this is about habit. Mm-hmm. Most people um, for, for drinking is a habit. Um, habits are broken through, um, you know, helping the brain steer it into create new neural pathways. Uh, so that's about the habit loop. For instance, um, I wanted relaxation, so I drank red wine. Um, but the reality is I was looking for relaxation and red wine creates the lack of relaxation because it begets itself. So how do I actually get relaxation? Well, I can go and exercise or yoga or meditate. And by doing things naturally like that, the transformation is exponential. And the same thing with, oh, I'm looking for, um, I'm looking to feel social inclusion. Okay, well, I understand it's social inclusion that I want. I don't need alcohol for that, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, I can go to a different environment that releases dopamine, like going on a spin class or going, you know, go-karting with my buddies um, where I'm going to be released lots of dopamine, having fun with my friends mm-hmm. and showing myself that I can have fun without booze. So I think those, though, that's the whole process we t- uh, help take take people through on this journey um, of discovering why it is they were drinking, what's the underlying thing, what is it they're trying to achieve, and finding new healthy habits uh, to implement. Um, and then, you know, they have a transformational experience. And this is not, instead of not drinking, which anybody can do, right? Anybody can not drink. It's, this is what not drinking looks like, right? I'm going to do, do a month not drinking. And um, um, so on the 1st of Feb, I'm going to I'm going to get absolutely shit-faced again. I can't wait. I'm going to count down the days. In fact, I'm going to put up a counter on my wall, number of days till I can get shit-faced again. And I'm going to avoid all my social circle, cancel my diary. I'm not going anywhere near because they won't like me. I'm not drinking. I'll be boring. Mm -hmm. So that's what we do. And all I've done is reaffirm all the limiting beliefs that alcohol is pertinent to life, pertinent to having fun, pertinent to be successful, hide away, white knuckle, white knuckle, white knuckle, white knuckle, and then get to the first of the month, right? No. We don't want any of that. Like in our course, in our, in our program, we invite people to go to the pub. Go to the mm-hmm. pub. Go there and not drink. And you'll show yourself that you can actually have a good time without alcohol because that's what's really important. You're here to teach your brain that alcohol does not equal fun, that alcohol does not equal success, that alcohol does not equal relaxation. And when you teach your brain that, your life is transformed. You're not reliant on it anymore. And it seems like... Uh that would be similar to struggles people have with a diet where they do the same thing on a diet. I'm going to diet for 30 days. I'm going to hate every minute of it. I, Oh, Oh wait, the diet didn't work. Yeah. No, the, you have to do the opposite. You have to learn to enjoy it. One thing I learned too, especially when I was younger is going to a bar sober showed me definitely the places I didn't want to go. Cause you, you certainly do see some people that you go, that's where you could end up in, in, in a situation where, you know, you're not even going to remember the night you spent a bunch of money. You wanted to have a good time. You, and then you just end up destroying yourself and having a horrible day the next day. Um, so, so I've just realized something. Are you recording this? Yes. Okay, good. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. (laughs) I didn't, I didn't press record. No, no, no worries. I'm recording it on this end. Yeah. So no, that's not a problem at all. Um, (laughs) so um, what, what do you, what do you do for those people that it's, they believe that their only way to be social and to get over their social anxieties is to drink? Well, I think the, the first thing is to realize that alcohol is causing that in mm-hmm. the first place. Um, so alcohol causes anxiety. It is a depressant. Um, so the fact that you feel you need a drug 
um, to go out and be sociable is because of that drug in the first place. And a lot of it is hard in the first days because we become so reliant on it. I mean, if you just think about the caffeine thing, for instance, right? I need a coffee in the morning just to feel normal. Mm-hmm. You don't. You don't. You don't. You don't need any drug to feel normal. You didn't when you were twelve, but you have conditioned yourself to believe that you need it. You're right. Um, and we've got to go through that same learning process with alcohol. We've got to understand why. What is the underlying thing that's saying to us that you need alcohol in order to go and be sociable? But like for Andy, my co-founder, he discovered he's an introvert. Mm. He's been he's been using alcohol to force himself to be an extrovert. In, and be a successful broker. But the truth is, he doesn't want to go out. He doesn't want to go and be sociable. I don't like people. And I've been using alcohol to force myself to like people. And actually, what I much prefer is staying at home and reading. Now, I'm not saying that not drinking means you need to stay at home and read all the time. I'm just saying that what you do is you discover what is right for you and stop using a drug to force yourself to be somebody else. So there's that whole learning process. Yeah. Equally, we've got people who said, I, cut my, I had anxiety off the charts um, and I've always needed a drink to go and be sociable. And when I removed it, of course, I had to go through a process. Sometimes things get worse before they get better. I had to learn. So there's a journey to go through. But ultimately now, I don't need it. And for me, I had to prove everything I knew about not drinking was true. So I, I said, I'll drink alcohol, right? I drink as much as I want whenever I want. I, I did two years not drinking. And, um, and now I have it in place of total control. So I can go mm-hmm. out and not drink without even blinking an eye, or I could go for a lad's weekend and get completely smashed, but I'm not going to drink again for a few months afterwards because I'll feel horrendous. So it's just in a place where I completely take it or leave it. And um, I, think, I think that um, most people want to put it into that place of having a sort of a complete control or at least being able to see it for what it is. However, on that journey... There's a lot of self-discovery about why it was I was drinking, what it is I was really trying to achieve. And it's a beautiful journey. It's a really, really beautiful journey because you start to see, you just see yourself. You see the authentic, people use that too much, right? The authentic Mm -hmm. you. Um, But you, you get a doorway opened. I think we've sort of described this a lot, that alcohol is the gateway to your health. Um, you've been trying to find that one magic thing to help you lose weight, be more productive at work, feel happier, uh, sleep better, have better relationships, improve your relationships at work, improve your relationship at home. You've been searching for something to help you with all that. And really taking a break from booze will open the doorway for you to discovering all those things. In fact, for many of them, it will actually be the solution. It certainly was for my marriage. Um, you know, d- removing removing one person from drinking, removed one person from every argument. Therefore, there isn't an argument. Um, and when she changed her relationship with alcohol too, you know, our whole relationship transformed. Yeah. I, it, it seems to me, you've touched on this. It seems that we use alcohol so that we can get into social situations that we wouldn't want to be in anyway. So <laughs> then we end up surrounding ourselves with people we don't really feel connected to. Yeah. And, and then we feel just to stand them. Yeah. And, but then you feel lonelier than you would be. So you're surrounded yeah. by people that aren't the people that you would normally be spending time with. Then you find yourself lost. And I think that's also a, a problem with anxiety that sometimes happens to people is they end up surrounded by people who they don't really connect with because they aren't their true selves. 
and yeah. then they end up feeling lonelier or more alone because they're confused. They go, well, I'm with people every night. I'm, you know, I'm talking, I'm having conversations, uh, but they're not real conversations. They're not authentic conversations. They're not them being their authentic selves. And I think that some people that drink uh, and don't have control over it haven't really found, as you mentioned, their authentic selves. Agreed. Uh, so, so um, to, to kind of come back to it, uh, the, the goal of your program is not to stop people completely from drinking. It's not to say that it's, you know, the, you know, you have to stop drinking in order to live a happy life. It is to help people get control over alcohol in their life. Yeah, correct. So it, it, I, it, it's more about, um, so I think control is what a lot of people are searching for because mm. you could say, well, I'm in control. I'm, I'm in control. Uh, what I'm here to say is that if you are drinking more than three glasses of wine a week, you're going to have a massive upgrade in your life if you do a 90-day break without booze. That's all I'm here to say. And I don't know what niggling health issue will repair itself for you. I don't know what things will improve for you. I mean, we brought on an entrepreneur the other day, um, one of the UK's top entrepreneurs. Mm. And um, he, he said, he started one year, no beer, beginning of January. He's like, no, I'm only two months into this, Ruri. And I've just realized that for the last 10 years, even in building my businesses, I've been operating at 80%. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? That's crazy. Can you, do you want a 20% upgrade? <laughs> do you want to, who wants a 20% upgrade? Hands up. Absolutely. Everybody. <laughs> yes, please. Has. Who doesn't? Yeah. So that's, that's the amazing piece. And, and if that's the case, if 20% upgrade is on the table for you and it's only going to take you um, two months, maybe three months to find out, then what are we talking about? Just do it. <laughs> yeah. And just I give it a shot. And then if I'm full of shit, just send me a message <laughs> and say, Hey, Rory, it, nothing changed for me, you big liar. And you'll be the first person in 80,000 people in 90 countries. Yeah. Well, and it just, I, I like the way that you put it because I feel like a lot of ideas just seem, well, one, I'm like yourself. I don't like to be told what to do. I have a hard time doing it. I go on a diet. I don't like to meal plan because I don't like that idea. I like the way that you put it because it's not about you have to stop now. It's a give it a shot. Try it for yeah. a little bit. See how it affects you. And you're right. You, I, I, you know, you have faith in it because it works and you have the proof to show that it works. Um, so how does a person start? Uh, well, dead simple. I mean, you go to oneyearnobeer.com and um, you sign up to a challenge, 28, 90, or 365. Um, and then you follow the daily uh, videos, emails. We help you start to change your brain um, about how it thinks about alcohol, about you and about your awareness. And you start to get awareness of how much it is around you and how much people talk about it and how much you've been conditioned into believing it's pertinent to your life. Um, and while you're going on this journey, you're also learning lots of new habits. So we get you to book into a physical challenge. We get you to start training. You know, exercise is the opposite of, of alcohol. It really is. Um, and also the lymphatic system doesn't have a pump. So uh, you require uh, exercise early in the morning to flush out a lot of this stuff. Um, and so we take you through that process. And uh, for most people, it's life-changing. 96% of our members say they change their relationship with alcohol. And 87% of members choose to carry on alcohol-free after their challenge. Um, and those are some pretty mind-blowing stats. Well, with the numbers that you said, that's a huge amount of people that really you've changed their lives. 
yeah, in a massive, exactly. massive, massive way. That's incredible. And I know I've changed their lives because when we try and raise funds, which we just raised two million in, in a few weeks, what I do is I send out an email to our members saying, hey, uh, we're looking for investors. Is anybody interested? And I get hundreds of emails. Yeah. Um, we raised two, two million quid in a few weeks purely from our members. Wow. Um, and how long has this been going? Since 2016, um, we, uh, we launched. Um, and we're still, we're still nothing yet. I mean, um, what, I've, what we've discovered is that we're really building a behavior change platform that uses peer support to help uh, change behavior. Um, we are currently, um, you know, obviously doing a lot in the U.S. and starting to build over assets in the U.S., um, but we'll start translating into Spanish at the end of this year and then diversifying into different verticals. Um, so gambling, sugar, caffeine, porn, et cetera. Ultimately, it's a behavior change model uh, with peer support that helps you change your behavior, whatever it is. And is, is, is peer support the uh, main driver of accountability? It's the main piece. So the most important thing is to empower somebody. Um, and, that's, and that's the piece, is empowering people to then provide the support. Um, and that's the, that's the secret source that we've unlocked. Um, people want to give back. Uh, they want to help other people, which is amazing. I love society. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah, um, man. It truly is. I think it's... Uh, I, 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 I can't understand when people think that people are super selfish. I think that people in their core want to help people. I think that they yeah. do. And it's great that you have, uh, you've, uh, you've harnessed that a little bit and, and you've helped that to, to grow for people. So you are looking to look at other things such as, as, as drugs and, and, and sugar yep. and that type of stuff. How would the model change for something like that? It's more important about the content, um, but um, what we're doing now is building out our tech platform. So it's really key with an app. Um, that's why we've just raised fundings, uh, funding. Um, so the, the app is really important. Like, how do you notify somebody? Uh, ultimately, there's a false sense of connection felt with social media. Um, mm-hmm. And we need to duplicate that connection, that dopamine release, but do it in a healthy, helpful way. Um, and so that what I'm doing is that, A, I'm learning. Imagine you took Facebook as it is today. And instead of being regurgitated shit about people's lives or trolls or all the crap, but what I'm really doing is getting life-changing information, uh, support, guidance, principles on how to live a good life, accountability, etc. That's basically what we've got to create. And what are the what are the timelines for that? So when are you hoping to roll these types of ideas out? Um, MVP of the app will be out in three months. Okay. Um, and um, so, yeah, and then we've got lots of other platform development happening in the background. Uh, but towards the end of this year, we'll be starting to diversify into different verticals. Oh, wow. Cool. All right. Well, I think what you've, got, what you've put together is an absolutely in, in, incredible program. I wish it would have been around for me 20 years ago. <laughs> yes. We didn't even have social media at that point, but I wish yes. it would have been around for me 20 years ago because uh, what you are doing was, was the things – I was always thinking about at that point, but didn't have any sort of network to kind of go through. And it was tough. It's it's tough to be called an outsider right off the bat, just because you don't want to have a drink. And you, and I'm, I'm, I knew I wasn't alone when people asked me this question, Oh, you don't want to have a drink, but you feel the social pressure. 
Um, I was like yourself. As I was told, like I would get further in my career multiple times. I've been told yeah. I, I would get further in my career if I drank. Oh, if you drank, man, you'd get Shocker, so much further it? because you're missing out on all these opportunities to get out there. And I'm like, nah, man, like if I'm sober, I know I'm where I want to be, right? Yeah. I never end up where I don't want to be. And that was the thing that I always liked about it. So I really like the program that you've put together and, uh, and the way that you present it. That seems like... Uh, the best way to succeed at something like this. It's, awesome. um, it doesn't seem, uh, well, it, you got to get rid of the judgment, right? Cause that's always the hard yeah, part, exactly. right? You know, when you want to talk about something, but you don't want to be judgmental and, and you, and you understand the, so, and alcohol is so much different than so many different things, right? Yeah. People do not look at it as, as a drug. They, no, don't, they don't view it that way. Um, yeah. You know, so that, that's really great. So I just want to end the whole uh, conversation. I do this at the end of every podcast. Um, and you can mention your own if you want. And, and I will be mentioning that you guys do have uh, a podcast. You guys have a book. You have the website. And you have the app coming. Yeah. Um, but I want to get from you something that people should read, watch, and listen. So we call it yes. read, watch, and listen. Something people should read, something they should watch, and something they should listen to. So read. Um, Tony Robbins, Awaken the Giant Within. And once you've done that, you can read our book, The 28-Day Alcohol-Free Challenge. Nice. And watch. Um, watch our testimonials on facebook.com forward slash one year no beer. Watch the incredible transformations from people from all walks of life, all ages, who've gone on to completely transform their life, their family's life, their jobs, their careers just from this really simple challenge. Go and watch and you'll see for yourself the impact it could have on your life. Yeah, I was, I've been flipping through a lot of those on the Facebook page and just even the pictures themselves, you can see the change in a person's health and well-being right from the photos. Yeah. It's pretty incredible. It's amazing, isn't it? Amazing. And listen. Listen, listen to our podcast. Yeah, man. <laughs> so, Absolutely. I mean, uh, it's the same thing. You know, if there's just anything scratching in your brain about this, if there's any tiny seedling inside your brain, which is to say, hmm, is alcohol causing me more trouble than I really? I don't think I've got a problem. If, if, if you're, any of that is going on inside your brain, then just start listening to the podcast because it's right. And listen to that seed. It's right. Yeah. And if you've got that seed... This is the network to help you out. This is gives you one of the, the tribe. This is your tribe yeah. right here. That's it. If you're if you because I think for a lot of people, I I I have no doubt there's a lot of people that have that exact same thought, but they don't know where the support is. Yeah, exactly. And here it is. You got it. All right. Well, thank, thank you so you much, for much for having me on your time. podcast. It was great having a conversation. I, I really love the program that you put together. Thank you. Thanks for having me on.